What's up, everyone, and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In episode 29 of Roots of Humanity, I talked to my new friend Saida about Bangladesh. Based in Sydney, having lived around the world in places like South Korea and Dubai, Saida brings her Bangladeshi roots to every travel experience. Bangladesh, a country of nearly 180 million people, is only the size of Iowa. Saidi and I talk about the traffic in Dhaka, the capital, as well as Bangladesh's beautiful scenery, including one of the longest beaches in the world. Most people don't know that Bangladesh is a Muslim-majority country, absorbing the influences of its neighbors into its own traditions for centuries. What do women's rights look like here, and is it part of South Asia or Southeast Asia? Bangladeshi women are the most empowered, forward-moving women. One thing Saida and I have in common is the mission to put Bangladesh on the map as a massively underrated country with some of the best cuisine and cultural heritages in the East. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get into it. Hi, Saida. Is that how you pronounce your name? Saida, yes. Saida. I was right on the first try. How's it going? (laughs) It's going all right. It's um, bright and sunny here in Sydney, so not bad. You're in Sydney right now. I am, yeah. What a place to be. I mean, it's uh, it must be summer there because it's winter here. Yeah, Sydney. I've been living in Sydney for the past um, one year. Before that, I was in Melbourne for six years. It's interesting. It's 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 a it's a massive city. It's crazy. It's getting crazier. So before Melbourne, where were you living? Before Melbourne, I was living in. South Korea. Me too. Yes, I know. <laughs> of course, I know. And uh, I think that's how I, I mentally connected to you because one of my favorite countries that I want to visit is Czech Republic, Prague. You live there. Yeah. And then we have commonality about South Korea. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's how I started watching your videos, honestly. Oh, we have a lot in common. Seems like it. <laughs> um, where were you living in Korea? I was actually in Daegu for most of my time. And for a short period of time, I was in Gwangju. I've been to both. Yeah, they're in the south. But I'm guessing you went to Seoul pretty often. Well, we do. Everyone does for some time or the other. Seoul is uh, fantastic and Korea in general is, is a great place. And that's cool that you live there. What, what were you doing out there? I was actually studying. In 2014, I applied for a scholarship, um, the government scholarship to start my PhD there. So I lived in Korea. First six months was the language learning process. Um, it was a requirement that we finish topic level three. So I passed topic level five somehow. I don't know how. But <laughs> I That's really cool. Did you pick up any Korean? I did. I, I At that point, I was I could fluently read, write, speak. Me too. Now, now all I remember is like, come from. like uh, <laughs> because I haven't been speaking much. So it's hard to remember. I still, get, I still eat Korean food like twice a week because I'm obsessed with it. I love Korean food. I still love Korea. Like everyone I meet here, when I first came to Australia, it was so, I was in for a cultural shock because Korea is so amazing, honestly. And it was hard when I came. I was like, oh my God, transportations, what's happening? Why are, why is everyone not following the time? Why is not everything on time? And the internet speed, oh my God. What, in Korea? Korea and then comparing it to Australia. I don't know. I don't understand why the internet is so bad in Australia because I've been there twice but, like, it's such a first-world, Western, modern country. But but for some high reason, like, if you go to Bali, Indonesia, 
It's way faster. I, just, I never understood that. Do you? Okay, I have to say this. It's better in Bangladesh than in Australia. I have to say this. Like, I go to Bangladesh for one month, and I'm like, oh, my God, look at the internet speed, and look at the... And here I live closer to the airport, which is like 10-minute drive, and every now and then the network goes away. Like, I live in a cave. <laughs> Literally, I feel like it's not Sydney. I live in a cave. I don't know why. I can't believe that. By the way, you've picked up a nice little uh, accent from living in Australia the last seven years. Oh That's exciting. God. It's hilarious because everyone I meet here... Even my husband, he says, like, you got an American accent. Because when we went to school... American? See, American. They would never say this. So my husband's trying to teach me those tricks. He's like, mayor. I would say mayor. Mayor of this council. He's like, no, it's mayor. I'm like, oh, my God. Mayor is American English. We we pronounce our R's very strongly. Yes. Um, Like water. That's how we would say water. Yes. Um, Whereas, like, in the UK or Australia, they would say, like, water. It's just funny. Okay, let's talk about Bangladesh. So you're born and raised there? I was born and raised there, yes. I lived there until 2014 before moving to Korea, yes. So are you from Dhaka? I'm from Dhaka. Uh, Not originally, but after my grandparents, everyone started to live in Dhaka. We have some origin, like uh, property back home, which is Silet. That's closer to Indian border. I have very strong, vivid memories of my time in Dhaka. And I remember on, on top of this like overpass, I have a photo. You may have seen it because I've posted it over the years. I've it's watched like the video. Craziest traffic. I mean, by the way, that video was like my third video ever that I ever made in my life. So it was just when I look back at that video, it's really, I want to go back and like properly document and with, yeah. with better cameras and tell some more you know, human stories, stories and, yeah. and make it really like um, fluid. But the traffic in Dhaka, I mean, it's literally faster to walk. Even if it's like five kilometers, it's actually faster to walk. When I try to explain Dhaka to anybody, I don't know what am I supposed to feel like. I have a sense of pride for, for sure, right? But then I know the situation and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, yes, I want to say something. But before we say, jump into it, I'm going to say like, if you plan to visit Dhaka, you have someone here. If you plan to visit Sydney, you have someone here, right? So appreciate that. Whichever country you pick, I'm here. I appreciate that. Um, I did take one of those, like the guys riding the bicycle taxi in in Dhaka. That was kind of cool. That was kind of fun. You mean um, the rickshaw thing? Yeah, rickshaw, but it wasn't like a motorized rickshaw. No, no, it's it was very just like the yeah, but not one. even the one that's in Calcutta where it's hand driven, like human. You know, right. they're, they're pulling it. That's right. That's not, yeah. So, what was it like growing up in? Dhaka, Bangladesh, in, in throughout the 90s and stuff. I mean, tell me about your childhood in Bangladesh. Um, so we always grew up in Dhaka in one of... I would say when I was growing up, we were living in an area. It's called Elephant Road, which is, I would say, one of the places where people long ago, you know, the posh, <laughs> it was at some point, not anymore, uh, because it's very close to the main university, Dhaka University, closer to the markets close everything's mm-hmm. close by so we grew up there it was very it was very nice it was i when i was growing up the city was very nice until i would say 2000s and flocks of people started to migrate from rest of the country and it's so centralized it's everyone moves towards Dhaka. it's like 25000 people per square meter right in just to give you the context new york has 10000 Wow. And New York is one of the crazy cities, you know that. So now when I go to Dhaka, I just feel quite overwhelmed sometimes because it's so many people. 
But wow. when I was growing up, it wasn't this bad. And we would still see luscious of greeneries and not so chaotic, but it's very chaotic mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I mean, cities are just getting bigger around the world, not only in Bangladesh, um, but isn't there like 200 million people there or 150 million people in Bangladesh? In total? Yeah. It's around 180 million right now. And Bangladesh is not that big. big. It's not. It's not. It's quite tiny, honestly. I mean, like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dhaka, you go, right, left, center, whichever you look, it's all people. You see heads. I just Googled it. Bangladesh is the size of Iowa, which is like a... <laughs> A random state in America, and there's 180 million people. Yeah. Oh my God. It's it's quite crazy. So, so the religion is is Islam. Would you say like the vast majority of people are Muslim, or is there kind of is there any Hindus, or is there any Christians, or is it kind of mixed? No, it's it's a uh, majority is Muslim. I don't have the statistics at the top of my head right now, but it's around 80 percent Muslim, and then Hindu, Christian, Buddhist, and the rest. Um, so yeah, it's mostly Muslim. Having said that, uh, from my experience or what I have, you know, I've been to quite a couple of countries, few countries, I would say, <laughs> I feel um, compared to our Southeast Asian countries, India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Nepal, Sri Lanka, I feel, this is my personal opinion, that uh, Bangladesh is the most um, accepting, like the people are more accepting when it comes to religion. We don't get shocked when we have Hindus beside us or uh, my best friend, has been Hindu and we grew up like that we were I wasn't taught my friends weren't taught the differences but of course we watch media and it's all different stories that's that's great to hear you say that though um the coexistence in in Bangladesh I mean it's just I'm I'm just having flashbacks to my time there because I I do think about Bangladesh pretty often because it's a country I would like to revisit everybody messages me like oh you have to go to Cox Bazaar it's like the longest beach in the world is that actually true it is so the longest beach, the t- it is the longest natural uninterrupted sea beach. Yeah, so it's it it's not been man-made. It's just very natural sandy beach, sandy beach. It's around seventy-five miles, so it's very long. That's pretty long. It is, and it's quite nice. You <clears> see <throat> massive waves. Like it's not like the calm and sea waves because it's the yeah. it's it's a bay. It's very nice. It's very nice. I've been to like lots of sea beaches around but australian sea beaches are amazing i would say <laughs> like nothing compares to australian sea beaches but of course that's like that's like comparing the beach in the u.s versus the philippines i mean it's not even close <laughs> philippine um, sea beaches are amazing as well yeah i'm fascinated that nobody knows i'm exaggerating i'm fascinated that nobody knows about bangladesh uh, especially in the u.s i mean i would bet you that most people have no clue bangladesh is a muslim majority country did you know that I am very much aware of it because I've been to America and just like you, I keep talking to everyone, right? So people, now they are learning, like now they're not shocked, like they don't go like, okay, where is it? A lot of people do, I do hear it now. A lot of people, even in Australia, they would ask me, are you from Bangladesh? And I go, oh my God, okay. Yes. People who watches cricket, any country that watches cricket, they would know what Bangladesh is. Um, we have been having a very great team for the past 10 years. Um, we have an amazing cricketer. His name is Shakib Al-Hazanib. So pe- the countries that actually follow cricket would know Bangladesh. Which is very few. We- <laughs> okay, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm, I, I want to go back and put Bangladesh on the map and share some amazing things. And hopefully 
you know, I'm assuming you go back home semi-often, so I would love if we could coordinate to make that happen whenever you plan to go back. We actually, because we recently got married, me and my husband, it's been four months. So I haven't... Congrats. Thank you so much. I haven't introduced him to my mom yet. Like, they haven't seen each other yet. So we are planning, hopefully, to go in June. So let's see if yours and my, our time coincide. That would be amazing. Yeah, even if it's just a couple of days, I would love to go back and tell some really powerful stories about Bangladesh because I, I do. The reason I keep bringing this stuff up to you and kind of, you know, poking you in, in a funny way is because I think I do think Bangladesh is really underrated. There's a lot to offer in terms of cuisine, in terms of culture, in terms of tradition. And I only spent like three or four days in Dhaka, but I was introduced to all that for the first time. And I don't know, I, I have a fascination with, do you consider it South Asia or Southeast Asia? We are mostly South Asia. Kind of it, it is mostly in between. Southeast Asia, if you think about it, then you start speaking about some of the um, Oriental Belt. Um, but when we say South Asia, for sure, it covers the whole um, region. So, yeah. Because when I look at the map, I mean, the next country is, uh, is Myanmar, which is definitely Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia, yeah, Myanmar. Southeast, uh, Myanmar. So you're on the border of Southeast Asia, but it's culturally, I guess, it's more South Asia. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Culturally, we are very much India, Pakistan, right? So yes. this trial of a country, there was once yeah. one country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also interesting when I look at the map. Bangladesh is actually covered on all sides by India because India goes farther northeast, which is, that's the region I really want to visit. It's called Sikkim and, and Nagaland and and. Uh, Manipur, like all these places. What do you know about th those regions? When I was actually, when you told me that you want to speak, when Andrew told me that you want to speak to me about Bangladesh, and I was, that's one of the points I wanted to speak to you about, is the indigenous culture in Bangladesh, which is yes. hardly spoken, even in Bangladesh. Hardly, hardly. What's the name of them? There is lots of tribes. Um, most commonly, Chakma, Marma, and then we have Manipuri, like you mentioned, and then because uh, Kashia, because I'm from Silet, um, most commonly there is Kashia and then um, Whoa, the... these pictures look cool. I, I, you know, I love indigenous cultures and, and celebrating, you know, <clears throat> um, their traditions. And uh, when, I, when I just Google indigenous Bangladesh, um, I, I see some amazing looking photos from people that I was not expecting to see. So, so wow. that's what I was going to say, that there are so many raw places that are not actually... Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll step back a little bit. When you said that you want to you want to present Bangladesh in a in a, in a on the biggest platform, see, just go to any store, pick a shirt, it will be made in Bangladesh. Yeah, everywhere I, know. I go in Australia, it's made in <laughs> hilarious. I send clothes from here to Bangladesh that's made in Bangladesh. It's hilarious, okay? <laughs> that was a really funny sentence. No, seriously, it, it it just happened to all of us here, and then no one one like no one asks, okay, where is this country? What's happening with this country? Where is it? You know. So that's where I feel like, mm, you know, I want to represent yeah. that. And the second thing is you mentioned cuisine. We are so, so, sorry to use the word snubbed, like snubbed by the Indian cuisine. <laughs> people, people go like, okay, it's Indian curry. No, it's not Indian curry. Don't talk about it. So in MasterChef Australia last, last year, yeah, we had this um, lady from Bangladesh. She went into finals because she was representing so real um, Bangladeshi cuisine. Um, her name's Kishore Chaudhary. Um, and that's when we felt that, okay, for the first time we felt like, okay, our cuisine's being represented. And I think it's very important because 
That's one thing about Bangladesh. I think one of the major problems is we lack identity, uh, especially this generation. We are so, half of it is like pulled towards the Western culture and some part of it is so, um, when we talk about art, music, it's so um, inspired or I would say influenced by the other subcontinental neighbors of ours. So it just makes it hard to actually define what is the Bengali culture or what some people mistake it as, okay, is, this is uh, Islamic, but not necessarily Islamic, not necessarily uh, religious. It's about the core Bengali culture and we're losing it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Islam was spread around the world in the 7th century. So clearly there was a lot of people in Bangladesh before the 7th century. So there's a lot of tradition that existed way before Islam even came to Bangladesh. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what you're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the 6th, um, 7th century, it was the Hinduism mostly was there existing. Until, let's say, 13th, 14th century, it, migrants started to move from, like we know, the Silk Roots, and they were starting to mm -hmm. uh, move towards Afghanistan, and then they came towards Pakistan and then India, and then Mughal came in. You heard about Mughal, I'm sure. The emperors, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Mughals came in. That's when Islam came into the region. But before that, it was mostly Hindu and Buddhism. Oh, it came in 13th century, Islam. Uh, yeah, around that, that time, yeah. Wow. So it was not until the late... Um, I would say uh, 1400s when the Mughal came in and they brought in Islam to this region. Interesting. I didn't realize that. I have evidence like I can send you the bomb. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Part of my motive for doing this podcast is to meet people from around the world and learn, just learn. And, and that's, that's kind of the re reason why we all travel, right? You just kind of learn about different places. Yeah. If somebody's going to visit Bangladesh for the first time, and let's say they have one week, they would fly into Dhaka, um, but where would you recommend them to go? What are some of the highlights of the country that you would suggest people to visit? Dhaka, I would, I would really ask them to use Dhaka as a stopover. I don't yeah. think Dhaka represents really, uh, it's not core of Bangladesh, I would say. It's the capital, it's the financial hub, whatever. But core, I would say, okay, where do we go back? Bangladesh. Core of Bangladesh is farming, agriculture. Right, so that's that that has been our source of income for a long period of time. Another is um, fishing, because um, we we were uh, once so um, it's called river in country. Like there's so many rivers. Yeah. So I see yeah. that. Okay. So there is. So where would you recommend people to it's go? It's called Howard. Howard means it's a, it's a vast area of water body, and fishing and Howard culture is so interesting they've got music they've got specific food they've got this lifestyle where they're living solely in water during the monsoon season and whatever fish they um you know whatever they get and they use that money for the rest of the season uh, the rest of the um year so culturally that had an impact um in bangladesh with for the music for the food for the culture i would say that's one Second is the indigenous region. The near Cox's Bazaar, there are areas called Rangamati, Khagrachori, and then um, Bandurban. These areas are mostly uh, the indigenous population of Bangladesh. They've got really, really interesting cultures, uh, really interesting festivals. And those are also part of Bangladesh, but hardly represented. What about the north? North is um, Rangpuk. I'm looking like very north, like Takakuram, yeah, uh, Pirga, Saidipur. Yeah. That, that is one interesting area because if you early morning, you would be able to see the Himalaya ranges from there. 
on a very nice day. Cool. So that is also an it, it, it was a poverty driven area at some point because um, it gets very dry. So the people struggles with farming and stuff, but it's getting so much better now uh, with mm-hmm. the population um, climate changing and stuff like. They, I've got a friend there. They have got a whole institution within themselves. They're doing farming. They've got a tea garden. And they also teach the population there, the people there for farming and stuff. So he's doing a great job there. So see, there are so many different parts of Bangladesh that are so less represented. Yeah, and with 180 million people, I mean, there's no shortage of fascinating cultures. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of languages to go with that or dialects yeah, as well. Yeah, dialects. Like um, for our original uh, place that is Silet, we speak a certain dialect which is a mix of Hindi, a mix of Persian, so it's a mix of that and then my husband they come cool. from Chittagong so they have a very yep, strong yep. dialect I would say. Language honestly, um, not really a dialect of the original Bengal language but it's a, it's a different. Is Chittagong one of the biggest cities in Bengal? Yeah, one of them, yeah, it's just beside Cox's Bazaar yeah and it's a port city, so it's very important for the country as well. When thinking about cuisine, what are some of your top favorite foods? I mean, I remember eating star kebab, which is just like, uh, I know it's like fast food, but it was really good. I also remember eating, is it panipuri? Is that the right we word? We call it, it like, fuchka. Fuchka, fuchka. Yeah, that's what it's called, fuchka. <laughs> panipuri fuchka. is the Indian um, version of it. Bi- we, have, we call it fuchka, yeah. yeah. It's fuchka, so it's like these little like cracker, crunchy things with like flavored water inside and I don't know what else. I think I didn't get food poisoning in Bangladesh, but I got it in India from eating the same thing. So whatever happened, I got lucky. Um, but tell me about some of your favorite dishes, uh, foods in Bangladesh. My favorite food is, I would say, the fishes. Like anything to do with fishes. There's so many different kinds of fish. I don't mm-hmm. like fish anywhere I eat. I don't like the fish in um, Australia. I don't like. I didn't like the fishes in South Korea because. Bangladeshi fishes, they're not really the uh, saltwater fishes. They're, they're, there's a lot of yeah. sweetwater fishes. So that's yes. amazing. And um, there's so many different kinds. And we just, we love our fishes. <laughs> so in Bengali, they have a term called Mache Bhate Bengali, which means fish and rice. That's what Bengali is. Like Bengali is all about fish and rice, fish and rice. So fish is one of my top favorite. You guys have tigers, don't you? We are tigers. Yes, we have, we have this uh, Shundarbans. Shundarban uh, also stretches between India and Bangladesh uh, with the largest mangrove forest there. So there are still some tigers there. I mean, that's so cool to think that you have indigenous native tigers in your country. I mean, they're not like lions where they're found like all over Africa. Like, I don't even think they live anywhere else. The Royal Bengal tigers are only in the Bengal region. Um, that is the... East and West Bengal, that was once we were the East Bengal and West Bengal is the part of yeah. India. So only this um, Shindarban that goes through India and Bangladesh, uh, we both have it, the Royal Bengal Tigers, yeah. That's cool. Have you ever seen them? Not in wild, but we, we have this tourist place where you can actually go in the Shindarbans and you can see the, um, what do you call it, the paw prints and stuff. You can hear them sometimes if you're too lucky and... Sometimes you see wow. them on the news that, you know, they get hungry and they come to the villages and uh, it would be all over the news. Ah, oh, my God. Can we talk about women in Bangladesh? First of all, it's a very men-dominant society. I mean, everybody, anybody can just go there. At least they can see it on the streets. It's mostly men driving cars that I saw. Maybe I'll put it in my perspective. Um, I know there's a lot of hardworking women behind the scenes 
and it really varies country by country. Like when you go to Afghanistan versus Pakistan versus Iran, um, I'm really interested in, in women's roles in society, you know, and I like to highlight women whenever I can because sometimes, to be honest, it's also hard to film women because, yeah. you know, what, for personal reasons or for cultural reasons, they don't like to um, show their faces on camera. So I always I have a hard time showing women in these countries. And therefore, I always get comments from people that are like, where's the women? Why are you not showing women? And it's hard for me to explain like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just I'm doing my best to try to show. So tell me about women in Bangladesh. I'm, I'm actually excited to talk about this um, because uh, I see so much positivity when it comes to women in Bangladesh. Honestly, okay, again, it's a massive population, right? I'm just generalizing it. But for, sure. even from sure. my generalization, again, I feel out of all the Southeast Asian countries, Bangladeshi women are the most empowered or the most forward-moving, I would say, women. Sure. Coming from my family... All women <laughs> been dangerous, I would say. Like everyone's working. My mom's been working. All my aunts work. My cousins, everyone, they've been working. We never right. felt that as women in my family. We never, we never felt that we are anything less. We were never taught this. Um, even though my dad was um, quite religious, but he never told us, "Don't go out," or you know, "You can't mm. do this." Like my dad. When, when I was young, he would always tell me, um, you know, one day you can be a lawyer to, you know, fight for the right cause. That's what he, he wouldn't say, okay, right. you know, you've got to right. stay home. I never learned that. Again, going back to the indigenous community, trust me, all the women work. Most women work. They do the hard work outside. If you go there, you would see yeah. them carrying all the sticks, all the, on the, on the head, everything. In the tea gardens, women, women, women everywhere. Prime Minister's been women. Our opposition team leader has been women forever. <laughs> and then our speaker of the parliament has been women. It's very, we never felt it that as a country, uh, women, we can't, you know, go for a job interview or we can't really, we feel um, dominated. That's not what I felt. But when you said um, driving, I think it has to do with uh, a lot to do with common sense and lack of respect for each other. Mm. It's all over the world, honestly. That when you're walking in such a busy street, you get shoved, you get pushed, you get, you know, touched. So, yeah. so yeah. it's not being common. But having said that, the next generation that's coming, they're quite ruthless. They don't care. They would go out. They would drive. They would ride a bike. So many women these days, they're, they're riding motorbikes to work. They don't care. You hear, you hear someone saying something, no one cares. Move on, move on, move on. I love hearing that from you. That's really nice. I didn't realize the prime minister is or was uh, a woman in Bangladesh. There are two top parties, so either or, and both the uh, leaders are women. So the last male leader of Bangladesh was in 1990, and I didn't see that. <laughs> I mean, I saw that, but uh, yeah. I was born in 91, so I, I didn't... I didn't <laughs> yeah, before, before your time. time. It was, it, it's forever been women. So, yeah. Wow. Two other things I was impressed by Bangladesh, one the um, innovation and the everybody's working in tech jobs. And the, as you said, there was fast Wi-Fi there. Like, I think I visited like the business district of Dhaka and that, like all these tall story buildings of just like startups and everything. And I was very, very impressed. That's one thing. Two, the English level was actually pretty good. People among my age, everyone I spoke to, they, they actually spoke pretty good English. Not as good as you, of course, but you've also lived in Australia for a while. 
uh, your English is as good as mine, but I was pretty impressed by the English level um, in Bangladesh. I mean, it was a British colony, I'm assuming, like India, right? Well, it was, you guys are like brothers. I mean, it's, yes. it's, I mean literally <laughs> yes, it was the same country yeah. at one point. So, so yeah, Bangladesh, now I'm fully inspired to go back. And I, I've been looking at the map this whole time that we've been talking. Um, first of all, the indigenous communities high on the list. And then Cox Bazaar, South Chittagong, yeah. is that what it's called? Chittagong. Sounds interesting. I think I'll probably skip Dhaka because I, I've been there and I would skip I'd rather Dhaka just see other things. <laughs> but I still love it. Come on, it's, it's where I was born, so I have that love for the place. But yeah. Of course. Um, do you have any any messages that you want to share to the world or any, any final thoughts about Bangladesh or about life? Um, so, yes, of course. Um, you mentioned the last two things that you were impressed by, the um, technological advances and then um with the level of i would say english is just a representation of the education level of the country so it's a massive population right so and the vast majority is the youth having said that yes trust me when i'm saying this the amount of people completing higher studies like postgraduate it's crazy yeah. it's crazy phd masters it's like it's like it's like this. And I'm, I actually mean it. Every, so many people, so many people. Okay, going back, going back. That Because it's, a, it's such a vast majority of population, we can't generalize. But there is a huge population brain drain happening because people, once you finish master's, you don't want to stay, you know, enclosed where you feel the country is not growing. And then so many people sure. moving out, so many people migrating to USA, Australia, UK, and the European countries and so on. So I understand because that's what I have done myself. So I understand that. But I still feel that somewhere, 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 maybe a time would come, you know, um, where the country would really focus on the youth and use that as a power. Because like you said, technology, um, the garments industry, um, agriculture, food, and everyone has phone, internet in their hands. People are really, really funny in Bangladesh. Their, their intelligence <laughs> of meme making content or any, like, it's really interesting. So, oh my God, people are so talented. Sometimes you feel like, oh my God, Creative. really? This is happening in Bangladesh. Not represented well. So, my way of, uh, that's what I felt um, when, when I decided, honestly, you know, I want to give something to the community. I have interest in mental health, so I've been working on that for a while. I really think we should actually use the youth as a power to, you know, move the country forward rather than wondering, okay, what's wrong? What's, what's wrong? Oh, what's wrong? Move on with the positivities. I love that. Saida, thank you so much for your time. It's been a, a blast to relive my memories in Bangladesh and plan my next trip. And thank you for um, sharing all your thoughts and, and um, your kindness. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I, I was so told to be able to speak to you. And it's wonderful to be seeing you in person. My goodness. And welcome to Bangladesh when we can go together, inshallah. Inshallah. Have a good day, night. I don't know what time it is for you. Are you on the other side of the world? It's almost seven in the morning. Oh my God. Really? It's seven in the morning? Yes. And I'm watching a bit of the uh, football what well, USA oh, you, versus Wales. You, were, you must wake up fully lively because it's. Uh, <laughs> you, seems like it's like 5 p.m. for you. All right, take care, <laughs> and we'll we'll be in touch.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week.